You are listening to the Christy G Podcast with your host, Christy G. Hey, that's that's me. It is you. <laughs> is that really what I sound like? Yes, it is. Uh, all right, here we go. <laughs> well, hello, guys. <laughs> Sorry about the little hiatus there, but I am back. Finally, <laughs> I'll explain my uh, reasoning for that hiatus in just a second. Um, but yes, I'm back and this episode is going to be super fun because it is my very first interview podcast episode and I'm going to chat with one of the best humans on the planet. His name is Ethan Luck. I have known him close to 10 years personally, but Ethan's like involvement in my life goes back to like 1990. we'll say okay so if you listen to episode one I talk about how I discovered music in my like teenage years my uh I was 16 17 at the time and these bands like just really altered my life and so many good things came out of discovering them and Ethan was in two of them specifically from the 90s one was called the Orange County Supertones they are a ska band out of Orange County they are so much fun and the other was a band called the Dingies and here's a little clip of the Dingies That song is called Chaos Control. It's off of the Dingy's first record. And that and definitely songs from the Supertones made it on all the mixtapes I made for my friends. I was just like obsessed with (laughs) Tooth and Nail Records as a a teenager. And I just really, really love those bands. And so like when I decided, when I started writing my blog, I'm going to start interviewing musicians. And so I thought, who in the heck can I reach out to? that I loved that I can chat with because that was super important to me. The first person I reached out to was Ethan Luck and he was my very first blog interview and I could not have asked for a better um, interview for the first time on my blog. It was just awesome. So I thought in the spirit of nostalgia and greatness and great people, all that fun stuff, I thought Ethan needs to be my very first interview on the podcast interview version. (laughs) So he totally in true Ethan fashion being awesome, agreed to do it. And we had a really good conversation. It's super fun. We'll totally get into all this, but just to give you a little rundown of what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Ethan's involvement with some bands that he was in. Like I said, he was in Dingies. He was in the Supertones. He went on to work with Reliant K, a band called Demon Hunter. 
the Cold War kids. He worked with Kings of Leon, where he actually got to play on stage at the Hollywood Bowl. How freaking rad is that, right? And he's just continuing to do some really, really awesome stuff. And he's also a fellow podcaster. We talk about that. And he has two podcasts, one called The Satellite, or sorry, The Pirate Satellite, where he chats with like friends and fellow musicians, and it's really fun. And he has another one called Metal Up Your Podcast, where him and his friend Clint explore all things Metallica. So if you love Metallica, and if your name is William from Texas from high school, you know who you are, you need to explore, or not explore, you need to like find the podcast and just listen to it, because it's amazing. Um... He's also a really just like fun person. He's a talented photographer. He has his own solo records out. We're going to talk about all of this stuff. And we get on silly subjects like housing and the difference between California and Tennessee because that's where he currently is and I'm here and he got to buy his own house. And I'm like, God, will it ever happen for me? Because California is so freaking expensive. But we have like a fun like adulting conversation about that. And... We also talk about our love of animals and our vegan vegetarian lifestyle. It's all over the place and it's super fun and I really think you're going to enjoy it. And um, you can tell I was really excited because I go into my speed talking again, but (laughs) that's me. That's really what I sound like, right? Um, So yeah, I'm really pumped to share it with you. Also, I need to make a disclaimer. Okay, so the reason... (laughs) Okay, let's go back. The reason there was a little hiatus is because I was like, okay, time to do some interviews. And then I realized, oh my God, I don't have all the equipment that I needed. So I kind of like, oh God, what am I going to do? Luckily, I know some really great people over at Sony Picture Studios here in Los Angeles. And they hooked me up with some cool stuff that I needed. And so I just been really working on trying to learn that equipment. That way I can make sure... But when I put stuff out, it sounds decent. It's not just like throwing content out there for the sake of throwing stuff out in the world, right? So I have been learning that. And also, um, my second part of my disclaimer (laughs) is, okay, so the day I was supposed to do the interview, or the day I did the interview, I was all set up in my room. It was all snug as a bug and quiet. And I was ready to go, about to call Ethan, had all the equipment set up. And this worker decided... They were going to bang on the window outside because they're going to do some work on the windows. And I was like, oh my God, like what the heck am I going to do now? So I like grabbed all the stuff and ran into the other room, put everything down, called Ethan. Not thinking in my like brain at the time, like, uh, maybe that's going to affect the sound. So it's not as like awesome and clear like I, I really wanted it to be. It sounds good. Ethan sounds wonderful because he has like this amazing setup and this like nice cozy quiet house and so you definitely hear the LA side of um my side but I promise it's gonna get better. I just happen to be in a bind at that minute but luckily again my, my friends over at Sony Pictures along with my husband took it into some editing pro tools and kind of quirked it a little bit for me so it sounds pretty decent and I'm excited for how it turned out and just thank you so much but that was my disclaimer I promise it's gonna get better and again Ethan of course sounds awesome and I'm so thankful that he took the time to he helped me as well help me understand how to edit and like he just just a real good human I know I'll keep saying that and I'll talk about it in the podcast but 
The world's full of dum-dums, and sometimes you just need to know that there are great people out there. Ethan's one of them, and I really, really hope you guys enjoy it, and I will see you after. Bye! Awesome. Hello. Hey, how are you? <laughs> well, hello there. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ethan is here. Here I am. On, you know, you know? Um, not so, physically, yes. but <laughs> no, not physically. How is the weather in Nashville? It's, is it like cold yet? It's chilly. It's perfect. Uh, it, for my opinion, it's perfect fall weather. Right nice. now, it's like the next couple of days are like in the mid 60s, lows in like the 40s. But oh, man. we're already nearing like we don't get long falls here, unfortunately. <clears throat> it's mm. like it lasts anywhere from like three weeks to like maybe six weeks if you're lucky. But okay. In the extended forecast right now, there's like highs in the 50s, lows in the like 30s and 20s. That sounds glorious. I love it. I love. My wife hates it, but I I love when it gets cold. I love getting out warm, warm Me too. clothes, coats. I love using yes. seat warmers in my car, all that stuff. <laughs> Snug as a bug. Totally. Yeah, I most of my friends get really sad when it gets cold, and I'm usually like getting very happy around this time of year. I'm like, right. it's finally here. Well, so. I mean, Californians get that cold. I know. I think it's. I, I was talking to someone the other day. It's like California is like it's always almost the same. It's like too pretty all the time, and I'm like, mm -hmm. we need something different. Like I miss like living in Texas. I miss the thunderstorms and the oh, rain. Yeah. Like we don't, you know how it is. You lived out here. Like, we I, don't get yeah. any of that. No, I mean I, I, I grew up out there, and like I was like a lot of Californians, where if it dropped below 50 degrees, I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm in Antarctica. But once <laughs> yeah. I lived in Nashville for a couple of years and then went home, I, then I found it humorous that in the wintertime in California, I'd see people walking around in like big parka jackets and beanies and scarves. And I'm like, it's 56 <laughs> degrees. It's not that bad. Yeah. I'm in shorts and a t-shirt still. <laughs> totally. I had a friend visit from Texas and I put on a cardigan. It was like around 60. And she's like, what happened to you? What's wrong with you? I was like, it's chilly. Kind of cool. But anyhow, so that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So you're in Nashville. Um... So I'm sure most of the listeners know about who you are and whatnot, but can you um, give us a little little bit about yourself? Um, I'm sure we'll get into the, the bands you've been sure, into yeah. and, you know, all the good stuff. Well, I'm a Libra. I was born in October. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Happy I'm just, birthday. I guess for those that don't, don't know who I am or whatever, um, I'm sure there's plenty. Uh, yeah, <laughs> my name's Ethan. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a professional touring musician and have been on the road for 21 years at this point. Um, yeah, I started uh, touring when I was, I was playing music since I, I was 10, but I started touring right out of high school, um, pretty much right when I turned 18, I was on the road, uh, and, ha wow. and I haven't stopped. <laughs> That's awesome. And I do, I'm a, a studio musician, I do photography and uh, all sorts of little things here and there. I'm also, a, I also have a podcast as well. Um, That's right. You have two of them. I have two you? of them, yeah. One's, one's yeah. a little bit... Um, slight hiatus just because my other one takes up so much time and you know life mm -hmm. takes up time <laughs> that's true but yeah yeah I'm, uh, in general yeah I'm, I'm a musician i'm uh that's i mean that's how you and i basically met uh true. that's how i know most of my friends is through music which i think is a very very beautiful thing it is yeah i um i found you i think through jared I mutual so, friend yeah. i feel like jared like unites me with so many awesome people right um <laughs> Yeah, so for those of you who don't really follow my, my blog, Ethan was my very first interview on my blog That's in 2011. Right. And now your very first interview on your podcast. But I know. I was like, I have to make Ethan my first. Like, it's so, it's, it's who's going to awesome. say yes 
He was going to say yes no matter what. Okay, Ethan will do it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and how I found Ethan before I found him through Jared was through a band called The Dingies. And um, I feel like a lot of people found The Dingies very similar to how I found The Dingies growing up in the church community, in the church world. And I believe, I think we we're maybe like three years apart, four years apart in age. So okay, all right. I'm 41. I'm, so. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I'm 38. So we kind of grew up in that same 90s era, and I'm from a very small town in Texas, very conservative, like sheltered from the world. This is like pre-internet, all this stuff. And my first boyfriend introduced me to Tooth and Nail. And that just opened up this whole new world for me, and that's how I found the Dingies. Yeah. And I was a huge, huge fan. <laughs> wow. Actually, it was a Tooth and Nail like VHS tape. Oh, wow, yeah. So that, that yeah, that, that definitely ages, ages us that, that, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 appeared, I love it. I appeared on a VHS tape. <laughs> <laughs> I still have them. I still have all my copies. That's awesome. I probably have yeah. it somewhere. I have a box <laughs> in my studio tucked away with, like, all the records I've played on and stuff, just CDs and tapes and whatnot. And I think there's a couple of VHS tapes in there, too, of, some, of something. Fun. Yeah, oh, I, I don't listen to any of it. or anything. You know, I don't, I don't even yeah. know the last time I listened to a CD other than if someone gives me one of their band, I might import it in my computer. And then at that point, I'm like, okay, now do I, what do I do with this? I know. I have a friend who's, like, very anti-streaming, which is fine. And he likes to make mixes, so he'll mail me, like, mix CDs. And before, I'm like, oh, I'll put it in the computer. And now I'm like, the computer doesn't take it anymore. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll play it in the car. <laughs> so I'm like, can you just send me a list of the songs? <laughs> totally. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a format that I don't think I'll ever revisit. I mean, I made CDs no. of, like, my record just because mm-hmm. people ordered them through Kickstarter. But, like, yeah, I've got probably five or six boxes filled with CDs in my attic that I need to at some point get downstairs, import all the stuff I haven't imported, and then just take them to a record store and see what they'll give me for store credit and then buy a bunch of vinyl. Yeah, that's a great idea. Man, your vinyl collection's insane. Yeah. I feel like you and Andy Barron can compete with each other. I think Barron's got more than I do. Um, it's, a, it's crazy. I, I have like 20, and I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm you doing need, good. You need more. <laughs> I need to hop on. <laughs> I'm actually going to Amoeba tomorrow to see Chris Conley from Saves the Day. Oh, nice. He's playing um, through being cool all the way through acoustically. Oh, that'll be fun, yeah. And, um, well, get so some, I was like, maybe while I'm there. Get some records while you're there. There you go. I should. <laughs> it, you know, it's one, of those, it's one of those formats, you know. I mean, there's a generation, I think, like ahead of us that might look back and be like, why are people still listening to vinyl? You know, because they, you know. Yeah. Like my dad, you know, he gave me, you know, his, unfortunately, most of his vinyl collection got, uh, got stolen but uh oh, no. he's he when i moved to nashville he sent me with like he let me pick out like 20 or so records wow. and i and the, you know and looking back he's like man i should have just sent the whole thing with you because it eventually got stolen and i never listened to it you know but oh no he just you know he gets a kick out of the fact that i'm way into vinyl and stuff and <laughs> i've gotten i've i've really i've been collecting for about as long as i've been touring okay um so i'm at around like i'm almost like 700 pieces <laughs> wow but you know, a lot of that, a lot of that is acquired like on tour. You know, I do, I, I yeah. do a lot of uh, record store shopping. If if people follow me on Instagram, they'll they'll see. I mean, I post about it all the time, even at home. Um, I'm just a record nerd. You know, I love that stuff, and I love the format. I love, I love that. You know, there's effort involved in it. It's not like Spotify where you just hit play on yeah. anything you can think of. It's like, I've gotta go through my collection, find the one I want. Mm-hmm. Turn everything on, put the record down, get the needle down, start it, and then when the side's over, I gotta get up, flip it over. But I love that about it. I, you can't just skip through tracks. You no, can enjoy I mean, the songs. <laughs> I mean, you can, but you, again, yeah. it, it's a physical act. Yeah. You have to get up and like stop it and pick up the needle and get it right in between the two tracks. And 
but yeah, it's it's a it's a nerdy fun thing. I mean, I uh, I think I set my own personal record last spring when I was on tour. Um, me and the keyboard player from Need to Breathe, Josh, who's also a vinyl nerd. Him and I went to a record store as many times as we could on that tour, uh-huh. and I think I hit like 45 record stores. Oh my gosh! <laughs> was, How many days was the tour? Uh, there was fifty-six shows, and you know, maybe a day or two off per week. Wow! So, I mean, about seventy-five percent of the time, at least, I was hitting up a record store in some part of the country. <laughs> That's awesome. I do it on vacation That's really cool. too. <laughs> it's kind of neat too, because I'm sure you can remember some of them. Like, this is where I was when I bought this, and this is that. Yeah, exactly. From that time. Well, and if it's if, if it's a used record. Uh, and there's a price tag on it with the name of the shop. I'll usually leave it on there, too. So then I remember where I got it from. You know, oh, that's, that's from awesome. Ithaca, New York, at Angry Mom Records or whatever. And I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I uh, Everything about it, I just love so much. You know, I've got, this is how, how nerdy I am. I have three different places in my house that I can listen to vinyl. Wow. <laughs> I've got my main rig, which is in our, in our den with like, that's where like my, probably 95% of my collection is and like the better turntable and all that stuff and then we have like an old school hi-fi like from the 60s cool uh i think it's a silver tone um all in one kind of unit that it, we got it in an uh, antique store years ago that's in our front room and then i've got a small little vinyl set up in my studio so at night when i'm done recording or podcasting or whatever i can just throw on a record and burn some incense and just set the mood that's awesome do you do a lot of like night work that's yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know I, yeah. <laughs> Do you mean like um, soliciting myself? Um, yeah. No. <laughs> that kind of night work. Yeah. The answer is yes. <laughs> I work many yeah. street street corners in Nashville. Um, now I uh, I think I work best in the morning and at night. So yeah, to answer your question, yes. Um, cool. The middle of the day, I don't know why. Like I just kind of hit this slump sometimes, and I'm just not in the mood to yeah. like pick up a guitar or or drums or whatever. But yeah, at, at night especially, like my wife works pretty early in the morning, so she's in bed pretty early, like by like six six thirty. Oh and, wow! And so that's kind of my time, my alone time, just to like work on music or podcast stuff, just creative stuff in general. Is is yeah. from and I stay up pretty late too. I'm a night owl, so from about six to about one in the morning is kind of my creative time or vinyl listening time or whatever. That's awesome. I, we have um, what vinyl do we have of yours? Two vinyls ago. Uh, my brain is oh, that's the intruders the, one. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the ten yeah. inch ten inch EP. Yeah, yeah that's the yeah. you can look in the intruders one. That's the more punk rock yes. one. Yes. Do you not have the the last one? No. Oh, I'll send you a copy. I just realized that. I'm like, what the heck? I, I was like thinking. I'm like, I know I have one. Oh lord. I have to ship. Some, I've heard it. I have to ship some <laughs> vinyl tomorrow, so I will. Uh, I'll send you oh, one. Oh, perfect! Yay! I love the Crash and Burn song. Awesome. Well, yeah. I was, I was actually walking around Halloween night, and it was on my Halloween mix randomly. Oh, like, nice. Just random songs that I was like, I want to put all these songs that I've been listening to in a bit, and I put it on there and, like, walking around. Oh, that's awesome. It was just... I'm glad you like it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so you did the Dengies. You worked on the... Just the first record, right? Yeah, the the first record, and then uh, there was a... I don't know if you remember those Tooth and Nail or BEC Christmas compilations called Happy Christmas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I recorded on... We did a Dengies version like a real weird reggae dub version of we three kings and so i played on that oh, as wow. well cool and there was like a b-side from that record that ended up on some compilation um but yeah the, mainly just the first record uh and then we had a unfortunate falling out kind of thing and then oh, no. we're all we're all good now we're, we're fine okay um, i was like i remember you did an interview with them this yeah, past I, year, yeah, right? yeah yeah okay. yeah when that record called armageddon massive turned 20 i uh 
I did uh, four episodes where I interviewed mm-hmm. each of the guys in the band and the producer, Steve Kravak. Awesome. Just yeah, to talk about the anniversary, the 20 years of it and stuff. We actually, we were really uh, kind of trying to put together like a 20th anniversary show in Orange County. Oh, um, my God. To play that whole record and some extra songs, <laughs> but it just didn't work out. I mean, one of the yeah. dudes lives in Hawaii. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, maybe 25 years. Maybe 25 years, yeah. Or something odd, yes. like 23 or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Didn't MXPX do like a 23? Maybe, I don't know. I, I think they did an odd number like that. I think they'd be a good idea. Well, or, you know, speaking of, um, I was, if your listeners don't know, I was also in a band called Relant K. And oh, yeah? we had a record that just turned 10 last month. And all of the fans were like blowing all of us up on Twitter and stuff. Like, do a 10 year anniversary tour. Um, that would be awesome. But we we didn't do it. <laughs> oh, we talked. That's actually when I met you. You were in Reliant K. Yeah, I think. When I was met it you. Warp Tour maybe? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think you and Kelly yep. were. You guys were here, and I got to come meet up with you guys. That's right. We went to a Starbucks or something. Yeah, uh, Veggie Grill. Veggie Grill. That's right. <laughs> God, I love that place. <laughs> so good. Oh man, so that's awesome. Okay, so Denji's. And after Denji's, you went to, okay, wait, if I remember right, you were in the Supertones before they were Supertones. Yeah, so that's pre, that predates yeah. the Denji's, yeah. When I was in high school. Oh, that's right. Okay. So the Supertones used to be a, another band, and I was in that when I was in high school. I got a, somehow they got my number from someone at my church or something, and they needed a guitar player, and so I went and, like, auditioned, and uh, they were like, yeah, you're awesome, let's do it. And uh, that band was terrible. <laughs> 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 we, we, we played, like, every every style of music you could possibly think of. Um, oh, wow. And it just didn't, you know, we didn't have any kind of cohesive sound. And uh, kind of, I was in, did that for, I don't know, maybe a year or two. And, okay. um, and then we kind of started honing in on doing more ska stuff. And then they were, like, wanting to get signed and go on tour and all that stuff. And I was still in high school, and they were, they were all graduated at that point. Wow. So yeah, I was I mean I was <laughs> six I was fifteen years old when I joined the band. Wow. And so I couldn't do it, so I so I quit. I had to quit, you know, and they had to move on yeah. and then all of a sudden they got super popular and stuff. Uh, but oh. but from at that point, you know, I was playing in like local bands with friends and stuff and then shortly after high school, yeah, the Dingies thing happened because I was friends with those guys and then, you know, just at local shows we became buddies and all that stuff and and then they, you know, needed a drummer and I came over to their house one day and played a couple songs with them. They're like, yeah, you're in. That's awesome. Now, are the Dingies Long Beach? Uh, we were originally, it was Orange County. Everyone, okay. everyone okay. kind of lived in like Mission Viejo. Um, okay. That area, I think everybody was in Mission Viejo. Aliso Viejo maybe too, but uh, yeah, it was all central Orange County. That's fun. I lived in Long Beach for eight years. Yeah, that's where I originally lived. That's where I was born. I loved it. Yeah, I was born in... I miss it. I, I worked there on the weekends. Still. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I, was, I was technically born one city over in Los Alamitos. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the first about 11 years of my life, I was in uh, Long Beach, California, over there off of the uh, 22 and Studebaker, that area. Yeah, totally. El, El Dorado yeah. Park. Cool. That's right. Yeah, that's, um, God, what is over there? I was, they, oh, they had a dog Halloween dog parade over there one year, and I went. Oh, nice. <laughs> The, uh, that, Something really random. <laughs> I, I, when I first I played baseball growing up, and that's where I first played Little League was at that park. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's right. You're a big baseball fan. Oh, yeah. 
Dodgers, right? Oh, oh yeah, Dodgers all the way. Uh, all right. Yeah. They, and, they always okay. and they always <laughs> they always blow it in the playoffs. Uh, it's, it's not <laughs> fun being a Dodgers fan in the last couple of years. <laughs> the first, well, the day Mark asked me to be his girlfriend was at a Dodgers game. Oh, that's awesome. That's, it's a good. That's, that's, it's a good place to to, uh, <laughs> to pop that first question. Right, and they had the veggie, the veggie hot dogs. I was I was excited. They do veggie dogs there. That's awesome. They do now, yeah. I haven't been to a game at Dodger Stadium since I was probably like 12 years old. Aw. Because when we moved from Long Beach, we moved down to Orange County, and we, I, we, you know, our house was like maybe a 20-minute drive from Angel Stadium. So, oh, yeah. and and back then the Angels were terrible, and uh, tickets were like five dollars for outfield seats. So we would just go there wow. for cheap, and it was super close too. So. That makes sense. I still do want to go to get to a uh, Dodger game again. Well, I take that back. I, I have seen the Dodgers. It's not in L.A. I, I, I've driven up to Cincinnati to see them uh, play the Reds. From Nashville? Yeah, it's like four hours. Oh, oh, I forget that like other states are smaller. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're a lot smaller out here, yeah. And, and <laughs> Tennessee's very centrally located out here on the eastern mm -hmm. half of the U.S. So, like, I mean, the Kentucky border is like 40 minutes from here, if that you know, wow. um, Alabama borders like an hour. It's yeah, it's it's easy to get places here, and you know, the only downside is the beach is seven hours, which we're going to soon. But it's a long drive, oh, nice. but it's worth it. Awesome, take, take the pups. I don't know if we're gonna take them. Actually, they're kind of getting old, and oh. we don't know. We, we talked about it, but you know, any any dog lovers listening, <laughs> we have one dog yeah. with now. He's thirteen, or yeah, thirteen and oh. a half. He still has a ton of energy, and he doesn't act like he's that old. But he's got this <laughs> disease called Cushing's. Oh, okay. And so, it, like, it, it can affect like their breathing, um, mm. gives them anxiety, things like that. Like, Aww. like he never cared about a thunderstorm happening, and then all of a sudden he was like all panty and freaking out. Yeah, you don't want to. So we have, we, well, we have him on a medication that it, that it works. There's gnarly side effects, but it, it's working great for him. Um, but we're just kind of like, uh, like the beach that we're going to you can't bring dog you're not supposed to bring dogs on the beach so we, we you know and that's what we do we sit on the beach all day so we'd hate to have them just cooped up in the apartment all day right so oh, yes yeah, true we'll probably leave them back and and uh have someone watch the house he'll probably like bring over his dog friends and have a dog party they'll have a huge dog party for sure a big <laughs> dog rave <laughs> that'd be fun dogs are the best they're just the best oh yeah okay um well it's on my brain Super tones. I just remembered, I think you probably remember how I went to that show in Texas and like, I think it was 2002 you were with them? Uh, I, was I was still with them. I was, I rejoined that van in early, like early 2000. Okay. So, so I went to the show and I had my VHS camera and Dan came and took it from me. Yeah. And took it on stage and you were, you were in the video and like years later it clicked with me like. Oh my God, that's Ethan. Yeah, I remember you. It was such a small world. I think you sent that to me or yeah. maybe posted it somewhere, and I was like, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, look at that. <laughs> like, it's one yeah. of those, you know, I've played, obviously, I don't know, maybe thousands. I don't know how many shows I've played. Um, it's like you forget little details like that sometimes about touring, and then all of a sudden I yeah. saw that, and I was like, wow, now I actually remember that show, you know. It was fun. What city, it, it what was, city was that too. in? That was in San Antonio. San Antonio, okay. Crazy. Yeah. And that was 02? I think I took my dad to it. Yeah, I think it was 02. I know I was at so a high school. So that would have been us, Slick Shoes, Pax of 17. It was at a church. Do you remember if Slick Shoes or Pax of 17 was on it? I don't remember. If it was 02, that, I remember that was the main tour that year, but. Okay. 
I mean, Man, yeah, I don't remember who was there. I mean, I think I was going just to see you guys, and I was yeah. just so pumped. I made like a, my own little shirt, and I drew on a ska tie. Like I was yeah. like, I don't know. I went all dirty. <laughs> That's and awesome. my dad in the video was like behind me, like just smiling away. Right. Like, I take. I used to take my dad. Like me and my dad had this relationship where he would take me to see Aerosmith and Tom Petty anytime they were coming through, mm-hmm. and then I would take him to like MXPX. Took the five iron frenzy. Yeah. And the super toe. Well, you're. Like, you're like I think your dad had the better taste in shows because I. No, <laughs> no, no offense to five iron frenzy or MXPX. I love those people <laughs> to death. But they would agree with me that Tom Petty would be much better to see. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I saw him three times, and I'm yeah, like, I count amazing. myself lucky. I never got to he see him. He took my. Uh, yeah, so good. He took my brother to see ACDC. That was their thing. Yeah. Mr. Yeah, G, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Haven't seen yeah, them either. Yeah. They had good taste in music. Like, my dad liked that. My mom was into, like, disco and old country. It was all over the place. <laughs> my first concert was Dwight Yoakam in, like, 1989. That's awesome, too. Yeah. And I actually met him at the, at the Beverly Center here in L.A. Yeah. And everybody around here knew him as, like, an actor. Right. And that's how Mark knows him, too, as an actor. And so they were like, oh, it's that guy from that movie. And Sling I'm like, Blade. I'm like, yeah. I was like, no, that's Dwight Yoakam. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, no. And I had no clue. Like, you so need I to listen to, like, to Guitars and Cadillacs. <laughs> I know. I walked up to him, and I was like, you were my first concert in 1989. And, he, and I was like, San Antonio. He named, like, the venue. Wow. He remembered. It was awesome. He, he was, was cool. really cool. So nice. That's good, because he's kind of yeah. known for not being cool. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. I, at yeah, least in the music cool world. Like, I know that, like, uh, people have stories about him, like, yelling at his band on stage and all oh this no. stuff. That's, I've never met him, but I, I've always just yeah. heard horror stories about him. Oh, God. Yeah, I met, like, some really fun people working at the mall. I think my favorite run-in was Alice Cooper. Uh, he's a, I've heard he's just a sweetheart. Yeah, he, he came in in a Mexican poncho, like, looking for his wife. Like, it was the weirdest thing. <laughs> That's awesome. His yeah, w- and I was like, we're not worthy. His wife's, like, I, like walking around, like, <laughs> reporting him missing. It's like, well, Alice <laughs> yeah. Cooper, please report to the visitor center. Yeah. <laughs> he's wearing a Mexican poncho. But yeah, and of course, like the people I worked with didn't know who the heck he was, and I was like, "Oh, you guys, come on!" Come on. But um, school's out I for took summer. Mark to see. <laughs> yeah, I took Mark to see Dwight Yoakam, and I think it was in 2017. Awesome. And it was totally weird for him because he's like, I don't know this version of him. That's and so he was, strange. Like, like he's, and, he's been a, a musician for so much longer than he's been an actor. I know. I said Mark grew up in Detroit. Like he, yeah, he just doesn't know that world. Yeah, um, fair enough. <laughs> he's he was really into like. Eminem, like, Ted Nugent. <laughs> I, I, know, I would think Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, he like really liked like a uh, like '90s hip hop and then like solid state stuff. Right. Okay. Like, like the, he was that like the skate skater. I don't know. He did. Like, har- really, but he was also like a geeky school guy. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's cool. Um, yeah. So you went to Supertones, and then after that, Reliant Cave. Right? Yeah, kind of, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I did two records with um, a band called Demon Hunter. Oh, that's right. That, that kind oh of, my gosh. That, that kind of bridged the gap between the Supertones and Reliant K. And I forgot it, about It was that. a weird switch to go from a ska band to a metal band, but I'm a huge metal fan, and I've always played that's it, awesome. but I've never really been in a metal band, and I, I got to know Don and Ryan Clark from that band uh, while the Supertones were still happening, because they did like the album artwork for the last like two records or something. And so we became friends. And yeah, once, I think it was the year we announced our, like our, that it was going to be the Superdome's last year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Don had called me and was like, hey, this might sound kind of weird, but would you want to play guitar with Demon Hunter? And I was like, uh, well, I'm, I'm moving back to Nashville after the band's done, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, it doesn't matter because we only do a tour every other year. And, and the other years oh, we perfect. record a record. I was like, all right. He's like, it's only going to require like six weeks a year. I'm like, sweet. That sounds great. Nice. And I'll look for other work. And at the time, me and Dan from Supertones were going to open a studio in Nashville, which we did. And then we closed it. <laughs> but, um, okay. but uh, yeah. And so whatever break it was in, in that last year, the Supertones, um, I think it was, let's see. It's, it's, oh, I'm trying to remember when I, exactly this happened. I think I recorded on my first Demon Hunter record while the Supertones were still doing our last year we had like a break and i flew to seattle and recorded on it um that's fun yeah that would have been yeah that would have been 05 then yeah and then we toured wow. and then we toured in 06 and i was living in Nashville at that point uh did another record with them in 07 and then in 08 we had a tour but then i uh i was also at the time because i needed you know I was super broke and i was trying to make money and so i, I uh reliant k i was friends with them already because they had opened for the supertones a bunch on tours Oh, yeah. um, they, that makes sense. Matt Hoops had hit me up and said, hey, we need a drum and bass tech for whatever tour. And so I was like, all right, cool. You know, um, don't really like teching, but that's money. And I, I got to pay the bill. Right. I got to pay the bill. So, yeah. And then that turned into, you know, eventually Dave left the band. And then, they, you know, they had like an audition process. And me and two other dudes did it. And like, then they asked me to be in the band. And then I did half of that Demon Hunter tour. And then my guitar tech, Patrick, at the time took over. And then he's still in, still in Demon Hunter now. Oh, wow. And then that that's where we get the Reliant K. <laughs> that's awesome. And then how long were you with Reliant K for? Five years. Okay. I think, yeah, about five years. Wow. Uh, did uh, like three or four records. Four records, I think. What did I do? Forget not to slow down. Bird in the B-Sides. Cover record. Collapsible Lung. Uh, and some other random Christmas songs. Yeah, I think four records. That's right. They have that Christmas right <clears throat> Yeah. So, so we, when yeah. I was in the band, we recorded three more songs. I think they ended up on compilations, and they might have re-released it with those songs. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't looked. Cool. And then, okay, so the, wait, there's a member. I'm totally drawing a blank. And Reliant K, that was an Ace Troubleshooter, right? That's John Warren, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, so, yeah John is one of my best friends in the world. I, I've, awesome. I, I still get to see Liz in Denver. Um, okay. So I don't get to see him as much as I used to, being in a band together. But uh, I mean, yeah, since Relent K, I've, I've still been touring like as a tech and as a utility musician. Mm -hmm. So I, I've gone through Denver at least once a year since wow. I left Relent K. So I, I literally just saw him like a month ago. Awesome. I was in. That's um, pretty awesome. The, yeah, my the current job I have while trying to find you know that's the battle in when you live in Nashville. If you're a freelance musician, you're constantly trying to find someone to play for, and sometimes it lasts for years sometimes it lasts for a month just right. depends so currently i'm out drum teching um for artist okay. named brandy carlisle oh geez. she's so good she's huge right now <laughs> she's a sweetheart too in case you're in case oh you're wondering God. that's awesome Every, oh, i love to hear people i like are cool everybody in her band her and the twins are amazing yeah. everybody is super awesome but that's great we just did three nights in denver about a month ago uh and so i got cool. to hang out with john warren and meet, meet his new baby and all that stuff but yeah, so we, yeah, we got to yeah, we were like roommates on uh, on tour. You know, anytime we had a hotel, we'd always bunk up. And uh, anytime he was in Nashville, and we'd be rehearsing for Reliant K stuff or recording a record or something. You know, I stayed at my house. 
So we just we've gotten closer over the years. But I met him way back when I was in Supertones. Um, they I, I had gotten hip to Ace Troubleshooter just because you know on the same label. Yeah. And I thought this band was awesome. And so uh, we were at um, the Cornerstone Festival, and that used to be around. Yeah. And uh, we were playing that night, and I uh, looked at the schedule, and I saw Ace Troubleshooter was playing. I was like, ooh, i got to go watch those guys. So I just walked over to the, to the stage and started watching them and ended up meeting them and becoming friends. And they were still based in Minneapolis at that time. And so I, every time i go to Minneapolis, we'd hang out and just, just became buddies over the years and came full circle. And then I was in a band with John for five years. That's awesome. It's probably great when you get to play with people that you actually like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of course. I can't. I have a friend that's a professional bass player. He played for... Oh, nice. And now he plays for... Well, he just stopped playing... But I think, like, he was, like... It was always something that he loved the job, but he was, like... It's like, sometimes he would, like, just didn't enjoy the people around him sometimes. And I was, like... That's yeah. Rough. Like, you know, that can, that can make or break a tour. You can have yeah. one of the best touring jobs in the world, and if people yeah. are... Um, I don't know if you allow cursing on your show or not, but uh, yeah, go for it. I was about to, it, and <laughs> I, I'm not like a I don't cuss like a sailor, but I feel like it's appropriate <laughs> yeah. for situations like this. If you're surrounded by a bunch of assholes, then mm-hmm. it's going to make your time on the road miserable. You know, of course. As fun as the music is, or as good as the paycheck is, um, that to me is kind of half of touring is personalities and and the hang. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, you know, like I've done a lot of auditions in Nashville for other artists, and you know. I'm 0 for 4 right now, but, uh, <laughs> well, at least, at least the ones I've done here. I've, I've obviously got the Reliant K gig and stuff like that. But That's true. But, uh, you know, oftentimes when you need an audition, you're kind of in and out of there in like 15 minutes, and there's not ever a time to really hang and get to know somebody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some artists might hire a guitar player that's super good at what they do, but they're going to get on the road, and all of a sudden that guy's not cool, or he's hard to hang yeah. with, or difficult, or a diva, or whatever making everything tense. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're like, great, we made, didn't make the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that, that really is, that's that's half the battle on tour is just surround, you know, hope, hopefully you're surrounding yourself with good people. Sometimes you don't have a choice though, you know. Yeah. When I've gone true. out and done teching work, um, you know, I don't oftentimes know anybody. Like when I got hired with Brandon Carlisle, like I literally knew one person in that camp and that was the tour manager. Um, and, and one other guy who brought me, who's the guy that brought me in, but he had to end up leaving because he committed to another job. Um, mm-hmm. But it turned out everyone in that camp is awesome and a fun hang. And, and, you know, there's not hardly any of that band and crew division. And, it, you know, everyone hangs out together. It's a, like a family kind of atmosphere. That's awesome. And so that's the kind of stuff you hope for when you, when you go into a new, a new job as a tech or as a player, you know. Um, you know, like when I toured with Need to Breathe this year, I was their utility player for a uh, Theater, like a theater acoustic kind of tour, and I never met those dudes before. We've kind of oh, really? we've kind of ran in the same circle, and I know that they've like played with Reliant K on festivals in the past, mm-hmm. but we've just never met before. Um, wow! And I got hired, you know, on with them, and they called a few people to you know kind of kind of you know ask some mutual friends like, hey, is he cool? Is he easy to tour with? This and that, and everyone's like, yeah, Ethan's great. You'll you'll have a good time. He's awesome. You know. Um, and so I didn't, you know, luckily I got into that camp and everyone, all those dudes are awesome. And, you know, I got close with everybody, especially me and Josh, keyboard player, who I mentioned earlier about, you know, t- talking about buying records and stuff. Oh, yeah. We, you know, everybody. yeah, totally. So, you know, and, and, I'm, and I'll still be playing with them in the future, you know, schedule permitting. I've, I've got some shows with them in, in uh, January. They're doing the, uh, this rock boat cruise. Oh, cool. 
Uh, so I'll be doing that with them, and uh, hopefully, and when like they on a boat, like a cruise, cruise. Yeah, like a cruise. Yeah. Ah, fun. I've never done one of those rock boat cruises before, but it's supposed yeah. to be pretty fun. Um, awesome. But yeah, and then whenever they put out their, you know, their next record, I'll uh, hopefully, if, as long as I'm not, you know, hired by someone else before that, I should be able to be with them again, which would be awesome because I had a great time with those guys. That's cool. And if you guys come through LA, I'll have to go check it out. Yes, definitely. I I think I didn't know who they were until you started talking about them on Instagram, mm -hmm. and so I checked them out. and They were really good. They're a great band. Their their songs are so good. I, I'd heard a couple, like their big song called Brother, I'd heard that one and a few others. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't realize like, how many great songs they had until we started, I started learning the songs at home and we started rehearsing us. And Fair, their singer, is like, he's got such a good voice. Um, I, I got, there wasn't one show that I didn't have a good time playing. It was every night, like when the tour ended, everyone's like super tired, like we're so ready to be home. And I was like, let's keep going. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> I mean, that's I, when I, you know it's a good time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously <laughs> I was excited to get home as well, but it was one of those things where like, I didn't feel burnt out. Like, there's a lot of tours I've done where, like, you know, week six, seven, or eight, you're just like, you're so tired, and you haven't seen your house in so long, and your wife and dogs or whatever, yeah. and you just want to go home, you know? it's it's That lifestyle is not for everybody, that's for sure. Yeah, I can I can imagine. Um, Mark might get a job on a, like a movie and he'll be gone in Europe for like two months. Oh, like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know this lifestyle. I'm like, oh, the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's definitely really weird. Which is really cool for him, but, ah. <laughs> But, you know, you can always go visit. <laughs> That's true. And I've never been out of the country. Like, oh, really? All. It's so sad. Not like, even Mexico or Canada? I watch British television. No. Wow. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> I just, I don't, I need to get out more. Yeah, you definitely um, do. I think Mexico never seemed that fun to me because it was too close. I'm like, that's not the adventure. Yeah, so well, if you right go there. if you go south, like southern Mexico, like on the yeah, coast is awesome. Or, I mean, even like Guadalajara uh, and Monterey and Mexico City, mm -hmm. like there's some rad, rad cities. Um, yeah, you got to travel more. It's fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I know it's easy for me to say because I get paid to do it. But like, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, I definitely, I would not have seen the amount of countries I've seen had it not been for touring, of course. Um, I, maybe I might have been to two or three at this point, but um, mm -hmm. no, with touring, it's like, it's, it's I've gotten to see so many parts of the world, and yeah, it's when, amazing. When you were with, like, King, this Kings of, the Kings of Leon tour that you went on, was that, like, the biggest one that you've ever done? That's the biggest thing I've ever done, I think, yeah. Okay. I was... You got uh, to play the Hollywood Bowl, right? I did, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, um, that, that kind of came about, that, that came about about just a couple months after I left Reliant K. Okay. Um, yeah, things unfortunately didn't go so great at the end there with me and the mm. guys. Um, it's all good now. We, we've all, we're, all, we're all great. That's why we were, you know, talking about the possible anniversary tour of that album. Oh, yeah. Um, so, no, we're all on great terms. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, like, it happens in a lot of bands. Thing, you know, right. th things happen. And, uh, you know, you just... It's, I didn't want to quit the band, you know. <clears throat> that was the last thing I wanted to do. It wasn't yeah. like I was just over it. And I was like, oh, time to find something else. Like, <laughs> I loved playing drums in that band and being on the road with my friends. And it was awesome. But, you know, just unfortunately, you know, things happened. Yeah. And I felt it was the best decision to, to, to move on. And, and But in a couple months later, you know, I was looking for work. You know, I went out and teched for John Foreman for like a short three-week tour. Oh. Um, I'm sure he's a great guy, right? Yeah, John's amazing. I've known. Oh my god, he's on my list of people I'd like to talk to. He's great, John. I, I've known the 
the original three Switchfoot dudes, John, Tim, and Chad, for, gosh, what, about, honestly, since I started touring, like 20, so 21 years. Wow. I met those guys in like 98, um, since they were from San Diego. That's and That's my, right. A local band I was in at the time, we played a show together, became friends, and then like a year or so later, and they were one of the direct support bands on a Supertones tour. Oh, fun. So we did, we did two tours together, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, John, uh, John is one of like my favorite people on the planet. Um, that dude has, I mean, been there for me when I've gone through crazy stuff, and and I do the same for him when he's gone through stuff. And he's just one of those guys that is, no matter what, like he's always there for you. And it's um, awesome. Yeah, and uh, he's got family in Nashville, so I'll get to see him more often than I would if he didn't. Mm. But he, yeah, all those guys are top notch. There's a term that we've had for years on on uh, in a different circles of bands. And it's called Switchfoot Nice. Okay. So, like, <laughs> like, Christy, you're a really nice person, but I'm not sure if uh-huh. you're Switchfoot Nice. <laughs> it's okay. n- not many people can achieve it. It's a, it's a, it's like this whole other uh, planet of nice. Level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's the That's highest awesome. level you can get to is Switchfoot Nice. I would even wow. call myself Switchfoot Nice. I feel like I'm a nice person, but I don't know if I'm Switchfoot Nice. <laughs> That's fun. I like that. Switchfoot Nice. Yeah. But anyways... Uh, <laughs> Where was I? Um, yeah, a couple months after uh, I left for Line K, uh, I did that thing with John, and then I was just, you know, super broke trying to find work. It was like, it, that's, a, that's a tough thing as like a, you know, a musician. It's one of the most unstable industries in the world. Right. You know, like, you know, you have a better chance of, of keeping your job at Starbucks. You know, as long as you do a good job, you can be there forever, you know. But, yeah, I true. mean, in, in the music industry, it is, it's a tough business. It's not for everybody. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. and in my case now, where rather than me, like, wanting to join a band or anything, like, I'm just a freelance player that is trying to get on the road with somebody as an auxiliary musician, meaning I'll do multiple instruments or as a drummer or whatever, because I play all these instruments. Um, yeah. But, you know, you're signed on for a band. It's great. And, and you know, you can make good money. And then... When the tour is done, like you're not getting paid anymore. That's it, you know. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a constant battle of finding new jobs all the time. I mean, imagine if, you know, whatever you do for a living out there, that you know, every six months it ended, you know, or once a yeah. year, or sometimes one every other month. You know, it just depends on what the album cycle is or what they hire you on for. So uh, yeah, I was getting like super depressed and like mm. getting bad anxiety all the time. And it was just not, it was like a really dark time, you know, plus I just had this like, with Reliant K, what felt like a breakup of a marriage, yeah. um, you emotional. know, it, it was very, very emotional. And I, I was talking to those guys and I, I was, I was, I take that back. I was talking to two, <laughs> okay. um, not all, not everybody, but because th- three of us essentially quit the band at the same time. Oh, wow. Um, so it was just a really dark period. And then I, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a, uh, a call from a friend that, at Kings and Leon were looking for a tech for their their uh, auxiliary musician, this guy named Chris, who was a friend of mine. And uh, <clears throat> I thought, well, I don't want a tech, but this is probably re- a really good money, and it's a good opportunity. It's a really big band, and it'll be a lot of cool travel and this and that. So I was just like, okay, cool. And right before that, I, I was out teching for uh, that band Cold War Kids. Oh, yeah, they're from Long Beach, right? Yep, they're from Long Beach. So I, yeah. did, uh, I did like two tours with them. Uh, they were awesome dudes, uh, great, great guys, great, awesome live band if you haven't seen them. 
Um, that was one. That's like one of the perks of, of it's like to me it's like a, a, a equal balance of a perk and like a, a curse of teching is the the perk is you get to watch this awesome band play every night. The the, the downside of that is that you're watching people do what you want to do. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's true. And there's some techs out there that just want to tech, and that's it. They're like, I don't care about being in a band or performing or playing or whatever. I'm the opposite, where I was, I feel like I was born to do music. It's my passion. Yeah. It's what I've done for so long. So sometimes teching, there's nights where it can be kind of a bummer. I'm like watching the show, and it's a great show, but I'm like, I just, that's what I want to be doing, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, it's just a constant battle. But uh, So, yeah, anyways, I got that King's Leon job, and uh, I had just gotten home three days before from finishing with Cold War Kids and I got a phone call and the next day I was on a flight to Germany. Wow. So I hadn't seen my wife in like over a month, came home for three days and then I was on a flight to Germany for six weeks. Dang. So, yeah, it was, I got That's thrown crazy. into like the fire and I, and, and the hard part was that <clears throat> I'm still dealing with all this Reliant K stuff like emotionally and then I'm going into a whole new camp where I don't know anybody but the guy I'm teching for and he's not even at the venue till like 5 p.m. Wow. So I'm literally like meeting all new people. It was really, a, it was a, a tough year, like emotionally and, and mentally. Um, you know, I'm sitting in a hotel room by myself at night, you know, like mm -hmm. just feeling like, I don't know anybody here. This is so weird. Like, I'm like used to. Like a military kid who moves around. Yeah, time. totally. It was like starting a new <laughs> yeah. school and meeting new, making new friends. Oh. And it turns out like now some of my closest friends are from that camp now, you know, like. That's awesome. One of their techs, Nacho, who's. He's one. He's all, he, yeah. His name's Christopher, but everyone calls him Nacho. <laughs> you know, he's 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 cousins with all the guys in Kings of Leon, and he's okay. been, he's he's been there since the since the band started basically, and he's wow. you know become a close friend and, and you know him and I text all the time and see each other and I go out to his farm and make bonfires and so it all it all works out you know when you get these new jobs and, and it's scary and it's like damn I got to get to know all these new people and and I know it's yeah. gonna work out you know like the need to breathe thing it's like. I was less worried about that because I, I knew I was going in as a player and I was a tech. Um, but what was cool about that King's Leon thing was that um, not only did I, you know, become close to some people, but about a, let's see, about a year or so into doing it, um, uh, or I'm sorry, almost two years into doing it, I uh, found out that Chris, the guy I was teching for, was leaving because he, oh, okay. he was going to get off the road more because his wife was having, their, they were having their first baby. Mm -hmm. And he, he told me he was going to leave. And he was like, I told the guys in the band that you should be the auxiliary musician because you're totally capable and, and blah, blah, blah. So tour manager sat me down. He was like, do you want to do this? So I was like, yeah. And I literally took, wow. over, I took over in the middle of a tour. So then, awesome. so then I became the utility musician for Kings of Leon. And that's when, that's when I got to do the cool stuff where I was like on stage playing at Hollywood Bowl or of some big festival. Or, <laughs> well, that Hollywood Bowl wow. show was cool because... Um, so. This is this is kind of how, when I say that you know, Kings Leon was the biggest thing I did. This this kind of describes it. So like when you're a band that big, you you're just friends with celebrities, <laughs> you know. Right. Not me, but just they. Naturally, are. yeah. And so like, I would just see people. I, we'd finish a show, and I'd go backstage to like grab a shower and change, and then go hang out with the other crew guys that I was friends with. But I'd walk, I'd run into like the main dressing room where everyone's hanging out, a little after show hang, and I'd grab a beer or something. And I look over and one night, and I'm like, oh, look, there's Brad Pitt. This is freaking oh crazy. Or like, wow, there's Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. Dang. But the Hollywood Bowl show was cool. Like, um, sometime in the middle of the day, someone's like, hey, uh, we need to 
or what it was, I can't remember, like, we were trying to set up something because they were like, uh, Chris Martin's going to come sing some songs with the guys tonight. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow, Chris Martin from Coldplay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're standing there and we're waiting to sound check, and then all of a sudden, like, some dude, like, pats me on the back. Because I'd met him before in, in Europe. He came to a show, and he was super nice. Okay. He pats okay. me on the back. He's like, hey, good to see you again. I was like, whoa. And it gave me a hug. I'm like, this is Aww. so this is so weird, like, just to be around someone like that, I guess. You know, I'm not really, not, not in a starstruck way, but I was just like, this is just, it, it was more surreal. like, yeah, it was just surreal. I was just, I kept thinking to myself, like, man, if someone would have told, like, me when I was in the dingies or the supertones, like, yeah. you'll play with a huge rock band and get to play some songs with Chris Martin and get to see all these places around the world and play school venues. Like, I would have, it would have been a lie to me. Like, that's not going to happen to me. What the heck? You know, I'm, I'm in these small, <laughs> like, ska punk rock bands. And so, yeah, so, like, for the next couple of years, I got to be their utility musician. And, and you know, that's, that's the reason I've gotten to see so many countries and, been, you know, been all over the world. I don't know how many times so cool. at this point. You know. All I know is I've got I've filled up two passports in the last like wow. six years. Oh my gosh! Yeah, That's I had to get crazy. a new one and get the maximum amount of pages because uh, mine was filled up and not expired That's yet. That's fun. That's so cool. It's crazy. Well, I know it sounds super super cheesy, but it's like being nice pays off, and all that stuff like you deserved all <laughs> that good stuff because well, like, I when I was interviewing like different people like I didn't like inter- like I would like meet different musicians and like 70% of them were not very nice or they yeah, were just like huh, like slime happen. balls and so that's kind of why I kind of backed off from it because I was like I am over like I'm tired of meeting people that I like and like them like letting me down you know yeah that's that's a tough and part so, about uh, this, this industry is. especially when you get on my side of things where you're touring and seeing bands behind yeah. the scenes all the time like at festivals and radio shows and yeah. Or just the opening band. You're just like, oh yeah, like I've heard of these guys, and then they, you know, they're a cool band, and then they get on the road and they're total jerks. And you're like, cool. Yeah, it sucks. It's a bummer. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. And that's kind of why a lot of people say like, never meet your idols. Yeah. Just because you never know, you know. And keep that version of them in your head. Yeah, you like <laughs> I've got to meet random people like at airports and things like that, and mm-hmm. um, or at festivals. And for the most part, people that I've looked up to and introduced myself to have been really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, one time I met James from Metallica. Oh whoa! It was like they're like my pumped. they're like my number one. Them in the Clash. Yeah. So uh, and he was cool, and I and I was thinking to myself, this could have gone so bad. Like what that if would he be was so just sad. what if he just hated me and didn't want to you know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> but luckily uh, he was cool, you know. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely uh, I, I feel very fortunate to have been able to somehow do this as long as I have and make a living and you know. Um, see well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm, you deserve it <laughs> oh thanks <laughs> it's not again like I'll, I'll reiterate like anyone's thinking about getting on the road and touring it's not easy it's not like this of course not all fun and, I mean it's fun don't get me wrong like I wouldn't trade it for yeah. anything I have a blast on the road I try to explore cities and I don't want to just be cooped up in a hotel room all day but you know I like to soak everything in I can but yeah. you know there's also you know there's a lot of things that come along with it that you know are depressing and you know, make yeah. you sad or uh, drive you crazy in some way. I just uh, somehow I've been able to push through all that stuff, and it's and it still comes and goes. You know, it's it, yeah. it's not always uh, peachy keen every day. <laughs> <laughs> when when you're on your road, because I know that you're vegan. I've been vegan now for four years. Have you found like some really interesting vegan foods? Like, yeah. Out and about? 
Well, I'm I actually, how that, I will, around the world, how that works. I will correct you. I am not technically vegan anymore. Oh, okay. But very close. The only difference is okay. a couple of, about two or three years ago, I started, started eating eggs again. Oh, okay. I just missed them a lot for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> well, plus, <laughs> like, uh, Nacho, who I was talking about, uh, works with Kings Leon, he, uh, uh-huh. on, on his farm uh, out east of Nashville, he uh, he has, like, 150 chickens or something. So oh, I, nice. So I get eggs from him. Oh, yeah. Um, Before we went vegan, the only way we would eat eggs is Mark had a coworker at Sony that had her own chicken. So yeah. So we would get eggs from her. Yeah. So it was awesome. That or finding a, lo- a local farm. I mean, I, I, I encur- mm-hmm. encourage, anytime I get in these kind of conversations, I encourage anybody, any kind of food you're eating, even if you're yeah. a, even if you're a meat eater, like go to local totally. farms and meet the person that's supplying this to you, and right. find out what their practices are and things like that. Mm-hmm. Because you know, you don't want to eat factory farm crap. It's disgusting. It's so bad. Yeah. So. Uh, it's so bad. But yeah, I know it. I've, I try to tell my parents that I'm like, you're in Texas. There's so many things around you. Like you have all yeah. this, like, you so much available. Totally. Like, well, stop I, going to. I don't know, whatever store, you know. Exactly. You know, you're, you know, it's healthier for you, too. Yeah, it's just, to, I mean, my thought is, like, you're going to spend more money getting, like, good organic, non-GMO, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, but I think in the long run, you're going to spend less money on, your on like, fixing health, health problems. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Uh, but, you know, whatever. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I just, cool. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I'm just curious. It was like, um, I have a friend that just went to South Korea, and she was vegan, and she said she couldn't do it there. She had to yeah. like, find. She had to break it to do something. And I was like, I'm just curious how that works. Yeah, travel. it depends on where you are. I mean, like um, nowadays, it's pretty easy. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, geez, I have an app on my phone called Happy Cow that like, that's ah. <laughs> it's so helpful when you travel. Like, I mean, a lot of cities I go to now, you know, cause, I mean, I was straight vegan for like seven years, and now it's been right. like, I don't know, two years vegetarian. Okay. I don't know, my wife still says I'm vegan. I'm like, I eat eggs. That doesn't mean I'm vegan. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think there's an actual name for it. It's so annoying. There's so many little names. Like, you got pescatarian, yeah. uh, ovotarian, an, all that stuff. <laughs> You're an eggatarian. Uh, sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, to me, it's uh, I've just been doing it for so long while touring that it's a lot easier. I go to certain cities, and I know exactly where I'm going to eat, you know. Yeah. Um, places that I've just been to before, I'll go back every time I'm there. If I'm in a city I haven't been before, I open up that app and it just shows you by location like what the closest things are. You can sort it by vegan, vegetarian, veggie options. Nice. So it's nice if you're in a, a smaller town where there's no vegan restaurants or vegetarian restaurants, then you just click on veg options and it'll show like, oh, this place serves the Impossible Burger or okay. this place has these vegan options you can try. And you know what? Worst case scenario, you can go to Chipotle. Yeah, that's true. And I love Mexican food is usually always like, well, like Americanized Mexican food is usually pretty yeah. an okay route to Most go. Mexican <laughs> restaurants, you can, you'll be fine. You know, I mean, you can ask them if yeah. they put like lard in their beans, but you yeah. know, sometimes they do. That doesn't seem to be as common anymore, but. Um, I think it's more like authentic, like hole in the wall, like real Mexican yeah, restaurants totally. that do yeah. that. The good ones. Yeah. <laughs> when I go back to Texas, I'm from a town of about 975 people and they don't like, it's funny, I go home, I'm like, can I get an iced coffee? And they're like, we don't have that. And I'm like, no, you do. Like, they just, right. they don't, you know, like, things. they think I'm being fancy. I'm like, it's just coffee on ice. Like, and they think I'm thinking cold brew or something. And so right. we have, like, a, a steak night in town where basically the entire town comes and you bring your own steak. Oh, wow. And then you, and everybody just grills them all together. And so I'm out there with my tofurkeys. I put, like, <laughs> foil foil on the grill and they're looking at me like I'm from Mars. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. They're like, what? What is that you got over there? And I'm like, they're like, oh, that ain't right. You know, and I'm like, 
You guys, leave me alone. Some people think it's so, so weird. It, it, it's <laughs> funny to me. Like, I mean, I thought it was weird before I tried it. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, you know, like, I, for instance, when I, when I was at King Leon, like, our drum tech from Arkansas, like, meat eater to the bone, you know? Yeah. And he'd always make fun of me, just poke fun and stuff like that. I'm like, whatever, I don't, I don't care. Um, <laughs> so it would be in catering. That's the other easy thing that, that was easy on tour to, to eat vegetarian or vegan. On tours like that that are bigger, there's catering every day. Oh, that's true. So I'm only really finding restaurants on days off. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner is just provided. And it's, you know, every day you're, you're good to go. Um, but, yeah, he'd always make fun of me and stuff. And, and, like, I would look at his plate and I would go, you realize that everything but that piece of chicken on, on your plate is vegan. He's, and he'd get, like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, dude, vegan doesn't mean it's, like, this weird lab-created right. fake food. I mean, there's some of that crap out there. Of course. You know, even the Impossible Burger is not really that great for you. It's yeah, it's exactly. not meat, and it's better, no I guess, but it's still, <laughs> well, they use a lot of canola oil, too, which is not good for you. Um, yeah. Anyways, you know, and so <laughs> I, I, he, it was just funny because I was like, dude, you made a salad with like, Italian dressing. Like, there's nothing, there's no animal product in there, so that's technically vegan. And then he'd uh-huh. get, like, bummed, like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, dude, like, and also, like, what I'm eating is still, like, food it's from plants it's not you know it's just funny yeah i always found too i don't know if you you guys experience this is is your is mark vegan as well yeah yeah uh you know people always make jokes about like you know how do you know someone's someone's vegan they'll tell you you know yeah exactly everyone always assumes (laughs) like people that eat the way we do are preachy and i find Mm -hmm. that other people want to talk about it way more than i do it's true i don't ever just walk in a room and be like hey i'm vegan or like if we're out to eat somewhere, I don't make a big deal if, like, there's not many options there for me. I just kind of deal with it and just move make on with work. my life. And everybody else wants to bring it up. Like, yeah. Usually my phone, more than I do. you got french fries for safe. All right, we're good. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny when me and Mark, um, so basically he has a dairy allergy and a gluten allergy. And my favorite food oh, was man. grilled cheese. So, like, like, I was like, how are you supposed to, like, function in life? Like, like he basically only ate meat. Wow. And so when we got married, we went to New York for a honeymoon, and we found some like random vegan places, and that's where we just decided this is it. We're gonna be vegan, and we're the entire well, time after that. You you you, um, you picked a good city to start in because oh the, so good. The, well, you live in L.A. too. Come on, there's so many good oh, places yeah, now, in L.A. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we have good stuff here in Nashville now, but like when I, when I first switched to uh, being vegan, we had I think one vegetarian restaurant in town, and that was it. And we didn't even wow. we, and we heard it wasn't good, and so oh no. Um, it turned out to be great. It was an all-vegetarian Indian place, and it's gone now. I oh, wish yeah. it was still around. It was so good. Um, you told me about one when I was there, and I went there, and I can't... Uh, you probably, something cow. Probably wild cow, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's over here that in East Nashville. Uh, they've kind of been one of the longer-standing places. You know, Now we've got okay. a bunch of great spots here. Um, awesome. There's a vegan food truck that I haven't tried yet that's supposed to be amazing. Mm. Um, all sorts of good stuff. There's a vegan soul food place here now. Oh, dang. Called Southern V. That would be delicious. If you're ever in Nashville, you need to hit up Southern V. That that stuff is no joke. Man. Yeah, I, I tell Mark all the time, because we talk about, like, in his career, if, like, if he gets to a certain level, you can basically live wherever you want and just work in right. the industry still. And I'm like, I could go to Nashville, like, in a heartbeat. Like, it's not true. just because, oh, it's cool, everybody lives. I was like, but I feel like all the best people that, like, some of my favorite people, right. all of them, they've all commuted. Like, everyone's there. Yeah, yeah totally. And, like, there's really good food. It's changed it's a lot like since so I've moved here, for sure. So much cheaper to, yeah. Like, There's just so I don't ma- know. so many people have moved here. What, certain things, I, I don't really go out at night anymore. Like, there's a couple cool bars I like. If I have a friend in town, we'll go grab a beer or something. But 
a lot of the cool spots that I used to hang out at are all kind of taken over, and it feels like oh. an L.A. crowd when you walk in now. Uh, no offense, but you know, you know what I'm talking no, I'm, about. No, I don't like, even like the L.A. crowd. Um, that's what it starts to feel like now. It's yeah. be- Nashville's become like this cool scene and stuff, and uh, people moved here because yeah. they heard it was cool, and it is cool. I love living here, but um, right. I, I don't want to leave. But uh, yeah, you know, plus I, I live in a cool. I live in on the east side of town, which has became mm. one of the more popular areas to move to somehow. And you know, fortunately for us, we were at a good spot where we could, you know, buy a house ten years ago. Cause, yeah, Because awesome. it was dirt cheap here. It was so cheap in Nashville. Yeah. And it's I not the case. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, wait, we can buy this house and our, our mortgage payment's going to be less than what our rent is right now? Yeah. yeah. Sign it. We saved money by buying a house. Oh, my God. So, yeah. no. We were randomly looking at houses in our neighborhood because we live in like a, it's like an apartment, but there's only like 10 apartments in it. It's like kind of yeah. small, but it's like from the 40s, 30s, 40s. So it's like really neat. But so all the houses around us, I think they're around 2 million. Like that's where Jeez. it starts. And I'm like, this is depressing. Yeah. And we're not even like this like fancy area. I'm like, I live like near the Grove, like mm-hmm. like yeah. by Lachma. Right. And it's like, it's not like it's like Beverly Hills. I'm like, good lord, like. It's how crazy. People, I don't understand. Like, how do people survive? <laughs> I mean, even just yesterday, I was uh, my wife and I were looking um, on Zillow at our mm-hmm. old apartment complex in, down in San Clemente, and it's not a rental anymore. Somebody, I guess, went in and rehabbed the whole thing and now they're selling them as like apart like apartments you can buy and they're like oh wow and they're like six hundred thousand dollars for like a, a one-bedroom apartment wow one bedroom one bath like a That's little crazy. and i was like dude i paid like 900 bucks a month back then when i lived oh there oh my god yeah <laughs> that's nuts it's i crazy. know it's funny how like this is like such like a grown-up like this is the thing you think about as like an adult Mm-hmm. Like, it's like one day, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, it's no. It's so weird, yeah. Just like, uh, oh, <laughs> wait, till, wait till you own a house, and you're going to be like, wow, I'm, I'm officially grown up now. <laughs> it, oh, it, God. It still trips me out, because that, that just seemed like an impossible thing when I lived in California. Like, I would yeah. I would look at, you know, even, like, condos to buy or something, or a townhouse yeah. or something, and it was still, like, even back then, it was, like, you know, $400,000. I'm like, jeez. Jeez, I know. Then I moved, you know, come out to Nashville, and it's like, you know, Everything we were wanting was like under a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow, you know? it's super. That's crazy. It was so cheap back then, ten years ago. Jeez, I know my brother lived in Austin, and then he finally just got out because he was like, "It's getting towards like, it's just like it's just as expensive as yeah. any other big city." So yeah, they that's moved how Nashville's out to Denver now. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's new construction here that that uh, is going, will go anywhere depending on the neighborhood. Like where I live, new construction homes will go for like. Anywhere from four up to like seven hundred thousand dollars. Holy it's moly! It's insane. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it makes my home value go up, which is great. But yeah, that's true. The new construction stuff also makes the neighborhood look crappy. Because well, it's dang. like all these cool brick ranch homes, and all of a sudden it's like this dumb craftsman, tall and skinny thing <laughs> that you know looks like yeah. out of Pleasantville. You know. <laughs> yeah. No offense if you live in one of those. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I do not. I just don't. Not my taste. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I do not live in that. <laughs> I love that this, this, um, this turned into, like, a very adult, like, I know. responsible like, podcast. How's your health? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> no, it's just, it's crazy. Like, I, I don't even, yeah, I could go on and on about that, but we can get back to that some other day. Um, so, yeah, so we talked about the bands, your solo stuff, talked about your podcast, we talked about veganism, 
how dogs rule all. Yeah, we did, yeah. And cats. Cats are cool. We kind of, I guess, cats, I guess right? we, I guess we, I, I have two cats. Yeah, one of them is, yeah. is Satan. Uh, and the other <laughs> one is, 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 is the Lord. They're like polar opposites. <laughs> the one that like is black and looks like it should be mean is the sweetest thing on the planet. Aww. It doesn't destroy anything, doesn't scratch anything. And then our other cat, whose name is John Bon Jovi. Um, <laughs> that's his real name. Uh, he, uh, like, lately, he's, he's old. He's, like, 19. Aww. And he, like, starts peeing on stuff and, like, he yeah. scratches things. And he's just, <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, come on, dude. Why you You're like, all I do is love you. <laughs> yeah, I give you free food every day, man. Um, but, no, I, I mean, I love them. They're great. Um, yeah. I'm surprised. I'm surpri- we have, well, the only thing is we have to keep them separate because the, the devil cat will attack the other one and it, he, he hates every other cat oh no and so we have to keep him separate now so the little black one his name is vespa she uh Aww. she's like my little studio cat now That's i'm cute. surprised she hasn't come downstairs because my, my studio has a little room above it uh-huh. and uh <clears throat> she has like her little domain and uh normally when i'm down here doing stuff she comes down and she'd be like meowing in the microphone <laughs> oh that's cute I'm surprised my dog has been as quiet as she has been. Yeah. She's very, like, barky, like, when I'm home. Mark will be home by himself, and she's fine. But right. if I'm around, she's very territorial. So, yeah, way more pr- protective, for sure. Yeah. My dogs do oh, the same thing. Oh, good. Oh, okay. yeah. They just love us a lot. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Can't be mad. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is fun. Absolutely. I, um, I, I just, I just, like I said, like, I think you're really, really, just a really genuinely nice human being. Like, <laughs> Very cool, and um, I've loved everything you've been a part of. Well, thanks. It takes me back to uh, my 90s teenage years. Yeah. And even today, like, I can put in all that music and just go back in time. It's so, it, sometimes it's weird with, you know, hearing stuff like that or if somebody hits me up on social media and is like, yeah. man, I heard whatever band, and it just took me back to the 90s and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, that's crazy like, to think I was a part of that. Yeah, tooth and, bizarre. Tooth and nail was like a big deal back then. Yeah. Like I'm just amazed. Like I found it. Like if you listen to the first episode, like how I found it and like where it could, there was no iTunes. There's none of that. So it's no. like how it found me is like I'm so glad it did because I don't. It like it changed so much of like the people I hung around with. Right. And it kind of butterflied into like people I met in the future. So it was really really fun. Yeah, totally. I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, most. I, I, I honestly, I would say. 99% of the people outside of my immediate family that I know is because of this journey in music, you know? Yeah. I would, I mean, if I never left California, I wouldn't have half the friends I have now. Yeah, isn't that nuts? It's so crazy. It's so it's weird. Crazy. One, I don't know. I mean, I know you probably know Brandon Ebel. I don't know anything about him at all. Yeah. But I remember one time I was at a church here in LA and he was there. I think he was talking to Andy because Andy was playing bass at the church. Okay. And they were talking and I felt like, like, I wanted to say something, but it was one of those <laughs> things where I'm like, I'm not going to go say anything because he may be, he may be mean. I don't want to No, he's not mean. He's, <laughs> he's chill. I mean, he's, I he's, so just usually, he's just usually in business mode. Right, right. You know, it's like, hey, let's get into friend mode and not business mode. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Andy has a really dry sense of humor, so sometimes I'm like, I can't tell, am I, am I being in the way? I don't know. But, um. But I remember thinking, I was standing with a group of people. I'm like, that guy, they're like, oh, is he like a musician? I was like, no, that what's he do? I'm like, he owns this record label. And they're like, which one? And I tell them, and they're like, we don't know what that is. I'm like, God, you guys. You're like, you had, you cool. had to be there. <laughs> yeah, like, so much of my life was altered. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. it's fun. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been cool. Um, I actually ran into, 
Who else played in that band? Oh, Sonny from Five Iron. Yeah. He played in that same church band, and I went and saw Rustin Kelly at the Troubadour a few weeks ago. Oh, nice. He's so, and I he's randomly so good. like ran into Sonny, and I was like, what a weird small world. Oh, was Sonny at the show? Yeah, he was there. That's cool. Rustin's music's awesome. Like. Oh my God, it's I, so good. I can't believe what like mature records he's making in his twenties. Good. It's like he's already lived till like he's sixty and how right? it's like it's just crazy. Huh? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I got turned on to yeah. him like uh, I, I remember I was, I think I was in Europe and somebody was like I think you'll dig this. It was his e- his Halloween EP it was called. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, I was just like, damn, this guy's really good. Like okay. I couldn't believe it. And I looked him up and I'm, at the time he's like I don't know twenty five or something. I was like, jeez. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I'm 41 and still trying to write songs that are even half that good. (laughs) And his story's kind of crazy. Like, he was talking about the show. Like, he was in rehab and he's overdosing. Like, I was like, like, you've done so much in your little life so far. Yeah, I I know he got sober not too long ago, maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure how long ago, but, uh, yeah, good for him. I mean, that's for some people, that that could be uh, a death sentence if you don't stop. Yeah. Do you know his dad and his sister play with him live? I know. I knew his dad did play pedal steel it's for so him. So cute. His sister yeah. plays too. That's cool. Yeah, she was singing. Yeah, I was like, it, like it was just. I was like, this is like the cutest family I think I've ever seen. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I was like really envious. So I'm like, that's what a fun little gig. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah, probably, probably <laughs> didn't hurt that his wife is Casey Musgraves too, helping him. I know. Not not bad. Not a bad deal. <laughs> um, yeah. No, he's great. I love I love his music. That's cool. Um, yeah, that was really good. What do I have coming up next? MXPX is playing in a few weeks. It's sold out, but I'm going to try to go. Yeah. I'm going to sneak my ways. I don't know. Um, but other than that, oh, yeah, tomorrow's Chris Conley. I don't really go to a lot of shows anymore. It's sad. I've been going to a lot of comedy <laughs> shows. Like, I went and saw Pete Home. Are you familiar with that? Oh, him? nice. Yeah, he's awesome. Oh, my God. He's so funny. Just, I've been doing more of that. Like, I'm going to go laugh a lot. That's yeah. So comedy shows are fun. I haven't gone to yeah. nearly as many as I uh, would like to. If you ever get a chance or hear about um, Tom Wilson performing. Tom Wilson. Okay. Um, he he's most mostly known as being Biff from Back to the Future. Oh yeah. Um, and he was in Freaks and Geeks, and he's done yeah. all sorts of voiceover work for like SpongeBob. He's he's a super talented dude, and he we became friends with him like years ago through Reliant oh, cool. through Reliant K, because his his kids were huge fans. Oh okay. And uh, so we're still friends and stuff, but his comedy is great. If you ever see that he's really? performing at, like the Improv or something in L.A. Orange County, oh, you yeah. should go for I sure. Go to the that. show. Cool, I will. Awesome. I like that idea. Yay! Awesome. Thank you so much, Ethan, for talking about music and housing. Hey, no yeah. worries. Yeah. <laughs> I highly recommend um, a fifteen-year mortgage if you can swing it. That's <laughs> yeah. Get your house paid oh off sooner. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh Lord, is that what you did? Yeah, <clears throat> uh, we yeah we we uh, well we not originally we switched yeah so, cool. um it just worked out where like, you know it wasn't that much more a month and our house will be paid off 15 years earlier. And so, yeah, awesome. I, yeah, I'll have, I'll be mortgage free in about five years, which is crazy. Well, you, you should have a, well, like my mom called it when she paid off her house, a mortgage burning party. Like yeah, totally. The, she bought like a bonfire. Yep. Like, you should throw a big party. And have a yeah, we'll probably throw mortgage. a party for that one. But yeah, it's kind of crazy <laughs> to think that I'll, that I'll have a paid off house before I'm 50. That's awesome. So weird. <laughs> smart, smart kids, you guys. I made a couple awesome. of good decisions well, in life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still working on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going there. Awesome. Um, awesome, Ethan. Yeah, thank you again. You're oh, so welcome. one more thing. Oh, yes. I totally forgot. So with um, my podcast, I made like a playlist. So each episode, if I mention music or whatever, I put it on these playlists. So oh, nice. So you can follow it. 
So I'll definitely put some of your music. But do you have like a song you think people should hear that you love? Um, like for my last record. Or like, <clears throat> I mean, um, I'll definitely put yours. But I mean, like, like you're like another song other than you that you love. Oh, like from another artist. Yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna put yours, of course. Okay. Um. Well. The first one that pops in my mind, I've been just wearing her record out lately, is a girl named Julian Baker. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> if you haven't heard her, she's amazing. Um, she is really good. She has a record called Turn Out the Lights. Mm -hmm. And uh, you could just probably play the title track to that. Okay, perfect. It's so cool. good. You'll, you'll love it. She's based here in Nashville. She's like 24, and same kind of thing. Like, God, you're so young and write these amazing songs. It's awesome. Like, how? <laughs> That's awesome. I wish, I, I always envy those people have this musical talent like you guys. I tried. I, like, I played the saxophone, and then go. I tried to play guitar, and that did not work out. I was pretty good at saxophone, yeah, keep, but I, keep, I pawned it. Keep practicing. You, you'll, you'll get it down. It's That's true. Learning instruments is very, very frustrating when you're trying to learn. It, it is. Especially the older you get, too. I've been <clears throat> a few times I tried to learn trombone, and I'm like, this sucks, and I just put it down. <laughs> I know when you're a kid, it seems like you absorb it so much faster. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> but Cool. I always just tell people I play the radio really good. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. I can keep rambling. I'm not going to do that. That's all right. But again, thank you so much, Ethan. You You're are so awesome. welcome. Thank you for being my first podcast. My pleasure. Good luck with the podcast. <laughs> thank you. There it was, guys, my chat with Ethan Luck, who is, of course, as you now know, just a really fun person and super talented, and I was just so thankful that he agreed to do this and just all the fun stuff, right? <laughs> Thank you also for listening and bearing with my, uh, my uh, technical issues I had in that episode, um, but I really had a good time. I think it turned out really well. I definitely um, will link, of course, all the fun stuff all about Ethan in the podcast. And also, don't forget that you can subscribe to the soundtrack to the podcast. So we added some songs today. Be sure to check them out. Follow on iTunes or Apple Music, I guess you call it, and, um, and Spotify. I will link that as well. Also, be sure to follow Ethan on Instagram at Ethan Luck. Super great. Does so much fun stuff, and he's just a really, really fun follow. Um, yeah, totally fun. Next, next week, you guys, I have another interview with my good friend Joe Ortega. He is a photographer, and he works with bands like MXPX, Dashboard Confessional. I mean, he just does so much great stuff, and we have a really fun chat. And he said something in that one that, like, I needed to hear the day we talked, and we'll totally get into that. Just a really good friend that I've known for years, and it's going to be fun. Thank you again so much, guys, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the music that was featured 
by Ethan Luck, his solo record, and also from the Dingies from the 90s. Good, good times. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Have an amazing, amazing day. You've been listening to the Christy G Podcast. Yeah, you have. Be sure to subscribe and give her a follow on Instagram at Christy G. <laughs> yeah, you can also check out my website at www.christyg.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, y'all.